So we can all sing together. Everyone, clap your hands thrice. Keep doing that. Everyone, please. Gopi 
So welcome everyone to the Krishna Fest program that happens every Sunday. Thank you so much for taking your valuable time to come. Before we start our discussion um, on some very essential aspects of Krishna consciousness, at least where I stand. Does anyone have any questions at all? Don't ask me about the weather in Dallas because I have no idea. But anything? Yes. Yes. Did everyone get that question? Does anyone have an answer for him? (laughs) We will discuss that. Anything else? All of you have no questions, except for Mukundev. Amazing. All your questions have been answered. (laughs) You are all realized souls. Um, yes, Tajashri Devi. Why Bhatti? Why do bad things happen to good people? Any good people in the room? Wow, see we don't have any good people in this all. <laughs> so either only good things are happening to them. <laughs> um, hmm, why do bad things happen to good people? Okay. Alright. So we have about 20 minutes to answer the most essential <laughs> questions on how bad, why bad things happen to good people and how the spiritual world or the material world is a reflection of the spiritual. Oma Gyanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Miritanyena Tasmai Shri Guravena Maha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamhayam Dadati Svapadantikam
Please repeat, everyone together. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Just a couple of days ago, we celebrated the appearance of Lord Narshimha. Anyone here who was here for the program? A few? Yadadahi dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata abhyutthanam adharmasya tadatmanam srujamya The Lord appears at different times when the tradition, the culture of spirituality is diminished. What do we mean by that? What does this whole idea of dharmasya glanir mean? What is what does it mean that there is a decline in religious principles? Anyone want to give that a shot? What does that even mean? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> yeah, kind of like now. Kind of like what happened several millenniums ago. So that's an ongoing theme. Um, what, what is your name, Prabhu? Andrew. Andrew here is mentioning when people take their own personal needs to be second, to be more important than the need to understand God. Mukundev Prabhu, you were saying something? Hmm. Confusion about who is God. Okay. Anything else? What does it mean that there is a decline of religious principles? Because to even understand religion, we have to understand, <laughs> if you understand decline, we have to understand where we are to actually decline from that point on, right? That makes sense. Um, in the world that we live in, usually what is considered religion is actually irreligion. And what is irreligion is considered to be religion. When I was in India, cricket was considered to be the highest form of religion. In America, it's probably baseball. <laughs> Listen, why do we say that? Because you will see that people who are respected today in the society that we live in are those whose 
are purely dictated by the external form of how shapely their bodies are or how well they can throw a ball through a hoop. Or how badly they can beat up another person. Yes. Or how cunning one is to actually be able to win the most amount of votes. And so on and so forth. But there was a time when what was respected, what was considered to be of highest um, standard, was a culture of respect and humility. It was a culture where spiritual knowledge, spiritual realization was considered to be the highest and the most respectable position. Um, Not the amount of money that one has, not the amount of beauty one has, Um, And so, what is religion today is aspiring to be, to beautify our bodies, to raise the standard of what our material aspirations are, and not so much consider our spiritual understandings, yes. How many of us stand in front of the mirror every morning and think, I am spirit soul, Shouldn't worry about how my hair looks today. <laughs> uh, well, Mukunde Prabhu doesn't have an issue with that. But <laughs> um, simplicity was respected. It was not shunned. But as today, exactly the opposite is happening. Hmm? So, spiritual culture... is very much rooted in developing one's essential character. Without which, there is no meaning to spirituality. And vice versa. That without spirituality, there is no meaning to character. Yes. Yasyasti bhaktir bhagvata akinchana guner sarvas tatra samasite sura harav abhaktasya kutha mahadgunat. Yes. Mano rathenasti dhavato bahi. You know that verse says, it's really beautiful verse. It basically says that one who is aspiring to develop a devotional attitude, spirituality, has all the qualities of the demigods. Samasite sura. Yes. What does that mean? What are the qualities of the demigods? Yes. Being gentle. Being humble. Being tolerant. Being attentive. Being able to actually utilize our senses, our mind, and our intelligence in the service of God. Yes. And what is the opposite of sura? Asura. 
What is an asura? <laughs> what does that mean in English? Demon. Anyone demons here? <laughs> no demons here. Oh, there's one. We have one. Anyone anyone else to join his team? I'm I'm raising both my hands. <laughs> yes. Yes. None of us want to be demons, but what it is what is what does being demoniac even mean? Yes. What what was wrong with Hiranyakashipu and in our story of Narshima or Prahlad? Yes. What is Hiranyakashipu was the demoniac father of Prahlad? What does that mean? What what did he do wrong? What 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 was wrong with him? There's, if you actually look at it, there's nothing wrong with him. Agreed? What did he do wrong? He conquered all three worlds. How many, how many of us wouldn't want to conquer all three worlds? <laughs> Have control of everything. He did not allow any religious practices. How many of us have time for any religious practice except for <laughs> maybe 30 seconds? And actually, he's saying no religious practice. This guy was on one feet, one foot. And in the airs. For how many years, Jayanti Krishna Prabhu? Some 10,000 years. <laughs> 10,000 celestial years. Yes. His whole body was eaten by ants. He had to protect his life hairs within his bone marrow. Bones. Yes. And then so he performed some religious things. Yes, we do fasting. <laughs> I fasted today. One day. And he did that for 10,000 years. Yes. And then what did he get? He wanted to be immortal. Any one of us want to die yet? Raise of hands. No one wants to die. So there's nothing wrong with what he wanted. Pretty much. In line. <laughs> We're doing good so far. <laughs> huh? What else? He declared himself God. Which basically, what does being God mean? Yeah, all, but he just wanted to be in control of things. Any one of us want to be completely out of control of what we are doing? No one. See, except for Mother uh, Shri Gopika in the back. <laughs> she has two small boys. She doesn't have an option. Um, but all of us want to be in control of things. We want to have things based on how you know we behave. Yes. As Tajashri was asking, um, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, because good people expect good things to happen. That's her, that's how I interpret her question. Is that if you're good, good things should happen, which means you have some control. Agreed? Do you agree? So he did all of that. He wanted to have control of his lives, you know, plan for his retirement. So he definitely didn't want to die. Um, which was, you know, he bought a good insurance policy from Lord Brahma. He said, you can't be killed by such and such and such. He had the best insurance policy. If you ever meet Brahma, you can ask for Hiranyakashipu policy. That's, it does cost you a lot, but it's one of the best policies out there. And, <laughs> do you agree? What else did he ask for? Yeah, I mean, he wanted, you know, wanted to be respected by everyone. So there's nothing wrong in what he was asking. Do you agree? Yes and no. Andrew Prabhu is saying yes and no. What's wrong with that? He, he 
See, he's telling me about, he's telling about me, because exactly what I do, yes, every morning, see, I drive down to McKinney, <laughs> 45 minute drive, I mean, I live about 45 seconds from the temple, <laughs> I drive 45 minutes every single day, one way, to earn a living, <laughs> come back 45 minutes and spend 9 to 10 hours every single day at my job, so that I can have control of what I do, where is God in this whole equation? When do I even have time to think about God? The culture of spirituality does not mean that we leave everything that we do, and Anthroprabhu is correct. It is our intent, but at the same time, our intent cannot be sentimental. What does that even mean? The Vedic tradition gave extremely high importance to culture. And within the, the boundary of our culture, lie the ability to progress in our spiritual life. And without that culture, growing spiritually was almost impossible. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Lord Chaitanya, who is Krishna himself, gave us a boundary and he defined this is the foundations and then he actually also created boundary the foundations anyone remember the third verse of the shikshashtaka english please okay what does that mean pranada pisunichena what does that mean humbler than a blade of grass and Uh, what does that mean? Taroreva Sahishnana. What is that? More tolerant than a tree. Then? Amanena Manadena. What does that mean? Yes. Respect everyone else and expect no respect for oneself. Ah! <laughs> Things are breaking down pretty fast here. Yes. Because within that, this is the foundation of the culture on the basis of which we can even start talking of spirituality. Yes. When Mukundai Prabhu was asking, how is it that the material world is a reflection of the spiritual world? Because you will see that we are complete, what is expected of us is completely opposite of this, right? Be more prouder than a lion. <laughs> Be less tolerant than a blade of grass. <laughs> I don't know, less tolerant than, I, I, I don't know, bubble or something like that. Yes, yes. Expect all respect for yourself and give none to others. 
This is the material world. Because, and in that, in that culture, which is perverted, which is switched around, there is terrible anxiety. There is terrible distress. There is what is called adharma. These are the roots of irreligious life. And that is why we suffer. We are in terrible anxiety every single day. We try to go around finding who will respect me. Every Facebook page post that we put in, look! <laughs> Selfies of me with, I don't know, George Bush, I don't know who's the boy, and Trump, maybe. <laughs> so they want you to look at you, not Trump. <laughs> you know, people with selfies, then, you know, this is what I did. How many of us are concerned about respecting others? Yes. How many of our LinkedIn profiles, and I'm pretty sure most of us have some, actually talk about giving respect to others? How many of you said, my entire life is dedicated to my teachers who helped me, because without which, or my parents, my friends, without whom I would be lower than the worm in the stool. Anyone? Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami wrote the Chaitanya Charitamrita. He says, I am more insignificant than a worm in this tomb. But it is only by the grace of my spiritual master, of Guru and Krishna, because of which I am able to do anything. Mukham karoti vachalam pangum langate giri. Yat kripatram aham vande. Shri Gurum dina taranam. You are empowering me to do things. Whenever we do something, we give the credit to others. And not in an artificial way, not something that we say, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, every after we get all the respect, then he says, no, actually, I didn't do anything. It's this guy. That's, that's not what it is. Actually, genuinely, with our hearts, really giving all respect to others. And when I say others, it's not just everyone else. Yes. What do we have? Any one of us responsible for our beauty? If we have some? Anyone feel responsible for the health that we have? I mean, yeah, maybe if it's down south. Yeah, we can call ourselves. But if you're really healthy and this. Oh, we, we, we don't have control of anything. We didn't have control of where we were born, how our bodies are going to be, what color our eyes are, what color our hair is, how much intelligence we have. We have no control, and yet we are so proud of ourselves. We want to be respected in that situation for things that don't even belong to us. Does that make, does that even make sense? This doesn't belong to me, but I am so proud of it. Da-da! Yes. And hence, the material world is full of anxiety. Because you don't have control over that which doesn't belong to you. We don't have control over our bodies. We don't have control over our fame. 
We don't have control even over our monies. We don't have control over the hair on our head, for heaven's sake. It keeps falling off. It becomes gray. Yes. And hence the spiritual world is saying, if you really want to be happy, amanena manadena. Give respect, expect none in return, you'll be happy. Because in that state you'll be satisfied and then kirtaneya sadahari, you'll be able to chant the names of God. Yes. Spirituality has no meaning. This whole concept of chanting the names of God while expecting respect for oneself is impossible. While not being humble is impossible. Trying to be good doesn't make sense. What does being good mean to you, Tajashri? What does it mean to say bad things happen to good people? What does good people mean? What does it mean to be good? What does it mean to be bad? Yes, those are things, dualities are things that exist on the material platform. Good and bad, rich and poor, happiness and distress, friends and enemies. On the spiritual platform, it's all reconciled. It's no such thing. There are different levels of consciousness. How much we have dedicated our lives to Guru and Krishna. But good and bad doesn't exist. What exists is this culture of respect. So, does that answer your question a little bit? Maybe we can go into Now we can talk about karma and we can talk about all those different things. But in reality... There is no, there is no way there is a bad thing that can happen to the soul. There is no way that a, a good person can be good without having an understanding of the soul. And for a person who has an understanding of the soul, there is no, there is nothing that can touch him or her. So Krishna consciousness is starts with developing this culture of humility, tolerance and respect. Please understand this. It's a very I mean it even now I struggle with that. I've been around for 20 years and I struggle with that. It's extremely hard. Yes. Because even within devotional life, we expect respect for the service that we do. We expect them. Getting respect, you don't have any control of that. You might get respected, you may not. But when you expect it, then trouble starts. Then if you want to be happy in devotional life, give respect. Always respect others. Even those you absolutely don't like. Is that hard? What do you think? 
Or is it easy? Yeah, sure. I can do that all. What do you think? Someone says, Mataji, your cooking is terrible. <laughs> yes. Or your hair looks like burnt noodles or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Prabhuji, your kirtan is, it doesn't have any. <laughs> yeah, she's happy also. Yes. And all of a sudden, it's like a thunderbolt that falls in her heart. Like, yes. And that was Hiranyakashipu's problem. The problem was not that he had all these things. Krishna has no issues with you having control of the entire universe. Zilch, no problems at all. His problem was even after all of that, he could not tolerate being disrespected by his own son. That's it. It's not that that was his only son. He had many sons. He didn't even know how many sons he had. And one of his sons told him that the source of your power, Hiranyakashipu asked him at some point of time, where do you get your powers from, Prahlad? This is the source of my power, the source of power, of your power. It's Vishnu. And hence, and therefore, my dear father, you should give up all your opulence and go to the forest and chant Hare Krishna. Thunderbolt on the heart. <laughs> How dare you say that? I'm the controller of the universe. How dare you say that Vishnu is the source of my power? I am a self-made person. Anyone here in the room hear that before? <laughs> I have self-respect. Yes. I'm proud of my accomplishments. What do you mean Vishnu is the one who is actually, who's giving me all my abilities? Our educational systems, we are actually systematically taught this principle. That you have to be proud of our accomplishments. Yes? So that was Hiranyakashipu's problem. That is our problem too. We want to be respected. I have been serving for 15 years. How dare you? You have just started. You are just one year. And now how dare you tell me how to serve? How to wear a sari? How dare you tell me that you don't know how to sing Hare Krishna Kirtan? How dare you tell me what to do? Yes, we go out distributing books and a lot of people tell us, Oh, I know Krishna. I have read the Gita. Yes, Prabhu, that's very nice. Please come and serve. Well, no, I don't have time for all of that. So what did you read in the Gita? Sarva dharman parityaja mame kham sharanam raja. Everything we do, yad karoshi yad ashnasi yad juhosi tadasi yad yad tapasyasi kakaunteya tad kurushva madar panam. Krishna says, whatever you do, you do it for me. There was a says song, right? Whatever I do, I do it for you. 
Because by appreciating what we have received, we develop respect. And through that, the mind gets purified. When we respect and appreciate others, our mind is purified. Now that's a big statement right there. If we are aspiring for our minds to be purified, it is not by expecting respect. And you will see that there are so many gurus today out there who want respect. And hence, at some point of time, they fall from that position. They might have some really strong spiritual credits. But the mind cannot be purified when the root of your spirituality is to expect respect. It's hard. But it's reality. If we want to purify our mind, we should learn to respect others. Appreciate others. And when we do that, we will find that naturally we are inclined to serve Krishna. Because at some point, you will actually ask this question, why should I serve Krishna? Does Krishna even exist? Is God even there? Because when He puts us through the grind, sometimes, and He does, when He disrespects us, in one sense, puts us down forcefully, tries to crush our false ego, forces our mind to think about Him, We rebel. Have you ever seen Krishna force your mind to think about him? He does that so very often. Yes. Mind gets distracted and that's why the first verse that we quoted, Manorethanab Dhavato Bahir, that on the chariot of the mind we are always running. Yes. Even while sitting in this class, and I'm not blaming you, I do that too when I'm in that situation, now now to think about what I'm going to say. But when I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow. Yes. What, you know, what engagements I have. I have to plan my life like this. And then I have to send the children to school. And then I have, you know, this particular doctor's appointment. And then uh, the insurance bills have to pay it. And the property taxes have gone up. I have to protest that. And I have so many things going on right now in class. You agree? Yes, that's her mind, running. And so Krishna has to bring it back. Yes, and sometimes he slaps us in the face. Not personally, if he does that, you're fortunate. (laughs) Take a selfie with him. (laughs) No. But he gets, gives us some difficulties. Our relationships start having problems and things start going out of our control and the only thing we can do is to Krishna, Krishna Mahabhav, please help me. Yes. And the more we are addicted to the culture of respect, 
the less we'll be anxious when we go into that situation. We will thank Krishna for allowing us to remember him. Now even better than that is to not give Krishna that chance and to actually remember Krishna in all situations. And that is why Srila Prabhupada recommended that every single day devotees find time to sit down with Krishna, have a one-on-one, and Krishna has all the time in the world for you. Have a one-on-one, at least for an hour and a half, two, two hours or so, something like that. As in you can build towards that to chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Yes. Sit down and really give our attention to those beautiful sound vibrations. Not think. There's no thinking. Once Srila Prabhupada was asked, Prabhupada, my mind, I cannot control when I'm chanting. He said, who asked you to do anything with your mind? He said, when you chant, you chant and you hear. That's it. Shravanam Kirtanam. That's it. Where's the mind? In the equation. What is happening though is that the mind is purified by this process. And when it is, we naturally give respect to others. We transform from the material to the spiritual world. This reflection becomes a reality. When our angle of vision is now tainted with the self of love of Krishna. Yes. So to answer Mukundeva Prabhu's question, the material world, the, the way we act in the material world, our desires, our purposes, are contaminated by our desire to be respected. And when we turn that around and to actually not expect that respect, but to give it to Krishna, to the other devotees, then that illusion goes and we are in the spiritual world. And whenever some negative things happen to us, we feel we deserve it. In fact, we deserve worse. We thank Krishna for that situation. Whenever something good happens to us, we thank Krishna and say, thank you for this, but I don't deserve this. And then, in that situation, Kirtaneya Sadahari, can constantly chant the names of Krishna. I'll stop here and ask if there are any concerns, comments, questions, anything at all. Did I put everyone to sleep? How many of you I did not put to sleep? Raise your hands. One, two, you. <laughs> yeah, there is some, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that, that's not too bad. Usually about 80% I put to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I know she didn't sleep. <laughs> Any questions or comments? Anything? It doesn't have to be related. Yes, Mother Kim. 
It is. Thank you, Mother, for sharing that. And, um, and over a period of time, when we actually um, accept and practice the Vaishnava culture, um, we actually we actually seek the presence of Krishna in everything and in every situation. Um, And it's not just a mental adjustment. We actually see the presence of Krishna. We actually see Krishna in that situation. Personally, manhandling almost that situation for our benefit. Hmm? And so Krishna... What it shows that Krishna is in charge of matter. And that matter is meant first to serve him and second, if it's not serving him, to help us understand that we are not in control. And it's a beautiful feeling actually saying, wow, you know, Krishna just woke me up. Um, So, so pray for that. We pray for that. We pray for that understanding. And that happens when our heart becomes open to receive those, those that guidance and that instruction. Yes. Ooh. How does respecting and appreciating purify one's mind? Um, the mind... First, let's understand what the contamination of the mind is. So we can understand what it means to have a purified mind. Hmm? Um, the Vedas describe the mind as the reins of the chariot. The body is described as a chariot. And the mind as the reins that control the horses and the horses are compared to the senses. And the person in that is driving is the intelligence and the passenger is the soul. And the body is supposed to go where the passenger goes. You get into an Uber, you don't tell the driver, just take me wherever, man, it doesn't matter. You tell him, give him, say, this is where you're supposed to go. What happens is that... Um, the intelligence becomes weakened by the inability of the soul to communicate with it. There's a barrier that happens. And that barrier is our false ego, our ahankar. And so what does ahankar mean? Aham is me and kar is doer. Kar. I am, I am the doer. I am the man. Yes. It's called a false ego. Yes. There's an ego, which is a, a good good thing. Yes, individuality, you as a person. Now when the person thinks, I am all in all, then we create a barrier between us and the intelligence. The intelligence is receiving all its 
juice all its power from the soul. When the intelligence becomes weak, there's no one to control the mind. The mind is saying, woohoo! And worse, the horses, the senses, basically go berserk, just wherever they want. Hmm? What respecting and appreciating others does is breaks this illusion. Hmm? It detoxifies us. Yes. More medical term, but when we have especially diseases like cancer, the first thing they detoxify. And then allow the immune system goes berserk. It's actually attacking your own body. Yes. Because it's lost its intelligence. The immune system loses its intelligence and attacks that which it's supposed to protect. So the first thing is to actually bring back that intelligence. Detoxifying, removing our illusion, waking us up. And that happens by reversing those processes. Reversing what the essential root causes, which is this presence of this ahankar, this, of this illusion of thinking that I am the doer of everything that happens. And there is a logical way of understanding it, and then there is a practical way of understanding it. The logical way is to actually think, really, I don't have... You know, realistically, there is... Not much that I have that is because of me. I, my, my body is not because of me. Yes, I don't even own my body for heaven's sake. Yes. The earth, the land, the air, so on and so forth, as Mother Kim was saying, we actually see, well, this doesn't really belong to me. Yes. And a practical way of understanding is to actually develop a culture of purifying. Yes. By refusing to expect, accept, expect respect. I refuse to do it. You will get it? Positively you will get it. That doesn't mean that you say, oh, now I'm so great. It just means that's fine. That's okay. Yes. It, you're not hung up on it. Yes. And the mind, it, this is purifying. It's giving the intelligence some strength. Ah, this is what the soul is. This is the nature of the soul, to give respect. Nature of the soul is to be happy, Satchidananda. And part of being happy is to give respect and to appreciate others. And do you agree that actually when you appreciate someone else, you feel good? It's kind of strange. You feel better than when someone you know, respects you. Yes. So when the intelligence becomes strong, it holds the mind. And that's the purification process. Yes. The mind is more directed by the intelligence than the horses, the senses. Did I answer your question? Thank you. Venkat Prabhu, do we have time? Or what, what's the deal? Mukande Prabhu, what are we supposed to be doing? Five minutes. Venkat Prabhu, you had a question? Yeah. 
And that is the function of the intelligence. That is actually the function of the intelligence. So when we chant Hare Krishna, we are strengthening our intelligence to be able to balance our spiritual and material lives. Or rather, to utilize our material lives in such a way that it supports our spiritual lives. The first thing is reprioritizing. Yes. To have the conviction that spirituality is important for me. And also have an understanding what that means. Spirituality does not mean, you know, you have to, you know, wave these candles so many different times and, you know, this, that and the other. That is all good. Spirituality really means to accept that, that I have to go through purification. If we, if we don't accept that there is something wrong with us, we will never try to find a solution for it. So the question is, what is wrong with us? And sometimes even within spiritual lives, we come in thinking we know everything. Oh, I am chanting 16 rounds. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, how many patients that go to a hospital go thinking, I'm so great, I take medicines. You're taking medicines because you have a disease, my for heaven's sake. <laughs> So meditation and medication have the same root. And that is to purify, to detoxify our intelligence. So to understand that we have a problem and to understand what that problem is and you will see that the problem is to actually not being able to stop. I can't stop from trying to control things. I can't stop. This fear is all-encompassing. This fear of what will happen when I am 79 years old and Social Security stops sending me their checks. Anyone have a problem with that? (laughs) A lot of people say, oh, what will happen to me? Or what will my kids do? I have to buy seven houses for them. Each and every one of them. Not seven. I have to have enough retirement income. Who told you that? How did that become your priority? That's because our intelligence is all going all around the place. Not finding shelter. The intelligence doesn't, the soul doesn't find shelter. That's what we are looking for. To be able to find comfort in the fact, Krishna is already doing that, that, in the fact that Krishna is taking care of us at every breath of our life. Yes. He says, apsukante yes. Pranava sarva vedeshu shabdake paurusham rasho. He says, I'm the taste of water. I'm the light of the sun and the moon. Can you imagine what would happen to us without the light of the sun and the moon? We finished. He's protecting us and sheltering us now. We just have to recognize that. And when we do that, some there is some ha Krishna is there. Even in the worst of situations, Krishna is there. So then you balance. Then then you can prioritize. Then the intelligence has saying, okay, now I'm working for Krishna. 
I'm doing things. I'm raising my family as a as an offering for Krishna. So Krishna is the priority, not the family. The family, our service to the family as an offering to our service to Krishna becomes an offering of love. Not a, not the source of anxiety. So it's not that I have to go to work and I have to do this. Krishna, I'm doing as best as I can, but I will make sure that every morning I'll chant my 16 rounds. Every, every day I'll read 15 minutes, 30 minutes. I'll bathe my intelligence in the nectar of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Believe me guys, that is amazing. It transforms our lives. So please, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for tolerating me for an hour. Even my wife doesn't do that. Even I can't tolerate myself for an hour. Huh? Yeah, he 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 tol- he's been tolerating me for twenty years. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have a choice. Um, thank you very much. So now what? Yeah, let's let's chant a little bit. What do you think? Who's that? Yeah, in, in in our society, we we refer to each other as Prabhu. Prabhu means master. But do you know what the greatest position is in the material world? Hmm. Yes. The greatest position, the greatest title you can get in the material world. Bali will enlighten us. What is it, Bali? It's called Das or Dasi, to be the servant. Yeah. Yeah, Shri Radha Kalachanji Bhagwan Ki.